Welcome to the Lead Podcast, helping you to get it, grow it, and give it. Hey guys, welcome back to the Lead Podcast. Ryan Becker here at EC3, where we are recording in bulk all of season three. And I am sitting across from Justin Ku, that Christian vlogger. So Justin, thank you so much for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me. And thanks for getting my last name right. You're one of the very few in the world to be able to do that on the first attempt. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. I I have I when we've talked before, you 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 corrected me before I had the chance to say it out loud publicly. There you go. And uh now I've made sure to remember that months later. Nice. Um so let's jump into this. Uh you you're 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 kind of rising in fame in the Adventist world, at least in, in North America. More and more people are trying to hear who you are, and I'm hoping this can be one more way that that happens. So who are you and what do you do? Yeah, my name is Justin, and I am a digital missionary. That's the way I like to describe myself. What that actually looks like is I'm a full-time YouTuber. Every day I wake up and my focus is how do I create videos that will cause young people to engage spiritually, to study the word more, to pray more, to serve at the local church more? How do I help disciple young people using the mediums that they value most? Uh, and it's and it's crazy because people love social media. I'm sure it's no surprise to anyone else. I, I looked at a study that was done by the, I think it was the Wall Street Journal, said that millennials spend on average about 18 hours a day consuming media in some way, shape, or form, whether that's social media, uh, TV on demand, that's email, that's texting, that's podcasting like this one, 18 hours a day. You do the math and you, you multiply that, I think over seven days compared to the one hour in church that they spend. I mean, it's literally worse than a hundred to one as far as time spent in the church compared to time being discipled online. And that's really what it is. Uh, uh, social media, whether that's YouTube or Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat or Twitter or some future platform that we don't know about yet, it is literally discipleship from yeah. a different perspective. And so my 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 cause and really what I'm trying to champion uh, in the church is, listen, we should not be running away from social media, but we should be running towards social media instead. Eleanor Roosevelt said very well, uh, it's better to light a candle than to curse the darkness. By and large, I've seen uh, uh, like one unified voice from the church saying, how do we mitigate social media? How do we limit the damages and the addictions that come up with social media? Which are all valid questions, but that's the only conversation. And I'd like to try and change the conversation. I'm glad to be here with you because I know that this is something you care about very much. How do we change the conversation to how do we run away from it? How do we mitigate it to how do we seize it? How do we use it as a blessing? The church has a longstanding history adopting present-day technology for the purposes of spreading the gospel. Mm -hmm. What would the church look like if the church didn't seize the modern-day technology of the printing press yeah, or the radio? How different would our world look today? And so when it comes to social media, unfortunately, there's this gut response that this is categorically different, and it's, and it's different than books. There's so much filth and trash on the internet, which is obviously true. But that's also true of books. Just because there's unchristian books and really uh, questionable material in magazines, this doesn't mean that we should give up reading altogether. If anything, this is more evidence for the need for Christians to engage in this matter. And so I'm, I'm trying to do my part locally, and I'm trying to do my part championing what I call digital missions by creating YouTube videos. 
Hmm. Awesome. So what are some of the things that you've talked about on your channel? What are the topics or some of the guests, anything like that? Uh, help familiarize people with with your channel. Yeah. So I'm a big uh, proponent in uh, helping young people understand the questions that matter most to them. My, my testimony, my experience was I was born and raised in the church, but I was pretty much on my way out uh, in high school. I'd pretty much all and all given up on the church and considered myself out. I had in the back of my head, yeah, I'll become a Christian when I'm old and gray and wrinkly because, you know, that's what you're supposed to do. But my intention was I was going to live it up and have a good life and all these different kinds of things. Roundabout way, God basically plants that seed in my heart and I have this curiosity and this search for meaning and purpose, which I think is kind of like the theme among, among millennials. We want a life full of purpose life of passion, something that we can actually get excited about when we wake up. So I'm on this kind of existential journey trying to find answers to the very questions church was designed to answer. Why am I here? What's the point of life? What's the best way to serve a people? How do I have an impact on the world? Like the, the kinds of things that Jesus came here and planted in our hearts and really gave the church as, as, as a mission, I could not see how the two were related. The things that were in my heart and the things that were in the church seemed to be worlds apart. And of course, later on, I would find out that the very thing that I wanted most, even if I couldn't use that language initially, the thing that I wanted most was actually Jesus hmm. and how he was the, uh, you know, we used the term, the desire of all ages. He was the thing that would fulfill the very need that I had felt in my heart. And so that's kind of what I try and do on the channel. I try and help young people answer the questions that they're looking for and point to Jesus as the ultimate solution to those questions, to those desires, to those longings. Sometimes those questions are things that are seemingly more surface level, like how do I court someone or how do I go about dating, relationships, sex, advice like that. Sometimes it's trying to find purpose. What do I do with my life? How do I get through college? What should I study? How do I know what, like, what I'm called and created to do? Things along those lines. But it's at the end of the day, it's all attempted to point back towards, towards Jesus. Hmm. That's powerful. Um, and thank you for your work in that as someone who works with a lot of those people on the nebulous, on that, that nebulous side of faith and, and have, have kind of disengaged with the organization, the institution, uh, avenues like this are, I, I think incredibly needed and I'm, I'm thankful for them. Yeah, I actually, uh, was maybe a few weeks ago, actually, depending on the, when this releases, maybe a few months ago, <laughs> but, uh, I got to, to to share kind of my presentation or my testimony at a conference recently. And I had someone at the very end raise their hand, um, this young woman who's a, a freshman at Walla Walla University. And she literally said, Justin, I wanted to thank you for what you're doing because if it wasn't for your vlog, I wouldn't be an Adventist today. She says, I was, I was about to leave the Adventist church, but I'm still here because of your ministry. And like to this note, I think that you're exactly right. There are so many young people who are wrestling with these kinds of questions who like I was, are struggling to find that connection there. But the connection is so clearly and obviously there. Once you see it, you can't unsee it. But we are perhaps struggling to say it graciously to make that connection for young people. Hmm. I, I'm really glad you shared that story too. I know we've talked about it, but um, I, my next question was going to be, what has been some of the impact of your channel? What um, what are some of those stories? And, and I know that you had interaction with an atheist YouTuber a few months ago as well. I had, I had tracked with that a bit. Um, yeah. What are some of those stories and, and examples of that? Cause I really want to cement the, that this is, this is something that's impacting real lives. Yeah. And, and it's not impacting just one or two. And, and, and I, there's no way for me to like humble brag about this. Like, and no, go for it. I, <laughs> I want to share like really what is actually happening 
and what the actual impact is. So I did a, a study of the analytics over the last 12 months, and I found out that my videos have been viewed, and every single one of these videos is, is like a Bible study of sorts, or it's a question and answer kind of a thing. I, 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 we haven't said it on this podcast, but my background is actually as a literature evangelist, Bible worker, public evangelist. I've done that for 10 years. Oh, okay. So that's kind of my wheelhouse is the more traditional style of ministry. That's even, if, if you watch my content online, you'll see those elements reoccurring in my channel. You can see that it's oftentimes a question and answer format. It's a Bible study format. And those videos in the last 12 months have been seen 1.485 million times. It's been engaged with over 48,000 likes, 13,763 comments, over 11,600 shares. And kind of the coolest metric for me is in the last 12 months, over 2,300 people have requested Bible studies. Wow. Now, I don't know what your experience was like if you're listening and you've ever done Bible work or cold portering or anything else like that. I mean, that's... Like finding one person is is challenging, but these are people who have actually requested Bible studies via YouTube. And so when I hear one story like this young lady I mentioned uh, as far as um, the impact of the channel, that's just one person among potentially well over a million people. Now, of course, as every exchange like that, like not in the least bit, but it gives us an idea of what the kinds of impact it is. It, we're, we're reaching people who would not be reached otherwise. One of my favorite stories to share is the story of someone who wrote me, because I, I talk about on my channel a lot about the importance of community, the importance of finding uh, a church family, the, the, yeah. the, the value of accountability and mentorship in, in a young person's life. And I, and I always challenge my, my viewers to, to, to find a local church, to get involved, to serve. So someone writes back and says, Justin, I have a question because um, I'm the only Christian in my family. I'm 15 years old as this young woman. I'm 15 years old, the only Christian in my family. And uh, I can't drive and there's no churches nearby. What should I do if I can't find community? And I'm, I'm interpreting this question from like a first world perspective. I'm thinking, oh, come on, let's be real. All you got to do is hop on Google, find the nearest church, call a pastor or an elder and just explain your predicament. And they'll send someone to pick you up and take you to the youth group. Any pastor would be dying to receive a phone call like that. And the response was, um, yeah, I live in a Muslim country. There, there are no churches where I live. Wow. So here's this young woman who's somehow come to faith in Christ, whether that's through another video, sometimes it's visions and dreams in Muslim nations. Like, I don't know how that happened, but I basically came to realize that for all intents and purposes, I am the church yeah. for her. She has no one that she can engage with. So, you know, I, I fully believe that the Christian life as it's ideally manifested exists within community with real people, with real relationships. But for some people, this just isn't possible. What about the people who are sick and shut in and disabled? What about the people who don't have the ability to drive like this young woman? What about the, the kids who are 12 years old who have come to faith in Christ, but their parents forbid them from going to church? Mm. Those are all real examples of people who have been impacted by this kind of a ministry. And so every one of those metrics represents someone like that. And we're not only reaching young people and shut-ins where, like you were mentioning, we're reaching people with different worldviews. I get to speak with people, not like super regularly, but people from different worldviews, atheists, agnostics, Muslims, Jews, uh, Hindus, like from, from all kinds of faiths, I get to interact with them over the internet. And it's, it's cool because how often do you think these people in their normal life have extended conversations with people of faith? Yeah, that's, that's huge. And I think too, there might be some, some hesitance to embrace this because they think, well, I'm in a local church and I'm in my city. I don't need to worry about 
so and so in a Muslim country who you know they're not the people I'm trying to. But I think the other side of this is everyone in your community is engaging online anyway. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like they're going to do it one way or the other, and there are people in your community that are absolutely impacted because they are engaging online. Um, yeah. I so I am a hundred percent for this. Like I, I'm I'm one hundred percent tracking with you. Um, and I've been encouraged by, by your content as well. Um, now I know that still there's hesitancy. There's still some, some resistance to this. So what do you wish church leaders, church pastors understood about what you do and about digital missions? What, what I wish they understood was that this actually is a legitimate mission field. It, it seems and I understand that there's generational differences, so I'm trying my best in my role to be patient and trying to be uh, doing my best to help explain it to people who perhaps didn't grow up with the internet quite literally in their back pocket, like like many of us did. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it it blows my mind that I have to explain the power of the internet to people. And I would think that most people who are listening to this understand. I mean, the fact that you're listening to a podcast clearly means yeah. you, you get it to some level, right? Yeah. Um, I wish that I could somehow snap my fingers and people would get it. And so the conversation could shift from, should we do this? Is it worth investing? Like, can it actually produce results? And that conversation could shift to, okay, clearly it's, it matters. Clearly it has impact. 2,300 Bible study requests from one individual who had a $0 marketing budget who's just doing it on his own. Yeah. What if the, what if, how different would our church look if we had hundreds of people who engage in digital missions who all had those ability to, to find results like that? What if we tried to create a system around the world where any digital marketer, any digital influencer, any digital missionary could in their own respective rights uh, serve as a podcaster, as a Snapchatter, as an Instagrammer or a YouTuber. And when someone was interested, they could plug into this central database and literally get connected with a pastor or a Bible worker on the ground, could get touched, get in touch with a local church, a real human being to be able to reach out to them. We have models like this that exist already in ministry. We, we see, uh, we, we were hearing earlier yesterday, uh, you get one strategy to go door to door is to find all the Bible study interests from some place like Amazing Facts yep. or It Is Written. Say, hey, I'm a local Amazing Facts representative. You sign up for Bible studies and here I am kind of a thing. What would the world look like if we did that digitally? Because the number of people who are engaging with social media is, is at least 100 times more than what we could ever do through something like television or radio. And specifically, it's the very demographic that we're struggling to not only engage, but we're struggling to retain. If 59% of young people, which is the latest studies from Barna Group, a study uh, or a third-party research group that studied Adventists in particular, they concluded that 59% of young people, when they get to the college stage of their life, end up leaving the church. But every one of them that is leaving the church at least upwards of 95% of them are engaging daily on social media. Yep. And so that's what I wish that the church understood is that, that not only is it worthwhile, it's worth investing money into it. And so the conversation needs to shift to should we do it to how do we do it? And yeah. that's, that's a wild, wild, wild west. I, I can't say that I have the answers to that, but I'm interested in, in trying things out and testing and retesting and failing and, and learning and, and so that we can develop something meaningful from it. But we'll never get there if the conversation never progresses to really, should we, is it actually working to how do we get this to work? Hmm, That's huge. 
So in doing this, zero marketing val- marketing uh, budget, zero, everything doing on your own, what are some of the biggest challenges you faced, biggest obstacles you've had to overcome in, in your experience? Yeah, so the biggest challenge really is just coming from a sustainability perspective. I've been doing this now, it's coming up on my third year um, since I started the channel. So from zero to, at the time of this podcast, 70,000 followers on YouTube in three years. That's in, I think that that's quite an exciting growth trajectory. But the challenge is, is it's come at great sacrifice. And, and like, I'm not trying to, this, try to say this to, to pump myself up because the reality is I'm not the hero of the story. It's my wife. Because hmm. two years ago, I was teaching at the Columbia Union at a school of evangelism. You know, I'm not making buco bucks as, as a church employee, as everyone listening knows, but I'm at least comfortable. I'm at least at a sustainability level. And when God put this vision on my heart and really was like, Justin, this is something I want you to really champion. I really want you to, to, to put your energy and efforts into this. I literally came home one day and told my wife, Emily, God's made it clear. It's time for me to quit my job and to go all in on this. My wife took all of two breaths and said, okay, knowing what that okay would mean. It would mean that she would be the primary breadwinner for two years. Our first year doing this full time, I earned, let's say, uh, not even let's say, I know because I did my taxes, I earned $20,000 in revenue from uh, speaking at churches, from ads, from different like revenue sources and crowdfunding and things along those lines. But we spent 18 grand on building the ministry and purchasing equipment. And, and I know that most people can't do that. Yeah. It's, it's, just, it's just unrealistic. And so that's the biggest challenge is trying to create a model that not only is successful, but it's sustainable. And praise the Lord, you know, through consulting uh, with local churches or conferences, speaking engagements, things like that. And of course, just generous people who are supporting the mission. Actually, you know what? Like yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there you Uh, go. (laughs) Yeah. Like you, Ryan, you are supporting our ministry and it doesn't have to be anything amazing. It could be a dollar a month or something like that. People like that who have come behind and rallied, we're, we're starting to get to a point where it's really nearing sustainability for me personally. The greatest challenge I see going forward is also the challenge that I experienced. How can we encourage young people who have a passion for this, who have a clear gifting for this, how can we help mitigate the amount of time it takes to where they're actually making it work? I'd love to see a system that exists where you could, as a local church hire or a conference hire kind of a thing, you could have a one or two year runway where you get a stipend, you, you get a, a salary even to, 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 to pioneer this path because this matters. I mean, we, we are not afraid to send a single pastor to a church district that has a combined toll of maybe 100 to 150 church members. Like we're, we're comfortable with that kind of expense for that kind of output in ministry. Yeah. And, and I, I, I don't want to knock that because those 150 people matter. Every single one of those people matter. But then why is it when that same person, if they were trained and had the ability to do so, when they could go to the internet, could literally minister to millions? Or let's just say even more humbly, let's say if they could minister to thousands. Because that's very realistic online. Yeah. Why is it that that kind of ministry is worth less? Mm. Or, or maybe not worth less, because I don't think that people would say it in that way. Why is that kind of ministry not worth the risk of investing and building? Yeah. No, I, 
I'm right there with you as, <laughs> as someone who is a content creator, as someone who's uh, like, I am, I am right there with you. And I, I, I do think that one of the responses to that typically is like, okay, well, because we don't see the value from, you know, from engagements to sitting in our pews, right. Sitting in our, in our churches. But like, you've already disproven that by saying over 2000 people have asked for Bible studies. Mm-hmm. The connection is there. Yeah, you just don't have a slot on your connection card or or membership card that says, "How did you hear about us?" Right. You know, like it's it's much different, um, and it's a different kind of impact, but it's the same value, um, and, and and so much bigger. And I think, I don't know that this has been pointed out. Um, maybe it has in conversations with you, but there's real risk for you in coming on and encouraging other people to do this. Yeah. Like, because currently you basically are the monopoly on the market for Adventist <laughs> YouTube. And, it, it, very much so. And by, by wanting the church to embrace this, like that's a selfless thing because you're impacting your own market. Yeah. Um, now there is some good that comes of that, right? More, more people engaging means that a higher chance of people finding you, but at the same time, like, yeah, that's a risk by you're flooding your own market. And I think that speaks to your heart in saying like, this is something that's bigger than just it's not just about YouTube or digital missions. It's about people and reaching people with this message that Jesus Christ loves them and he is that that answer to their questions. And, and so I want to affirm you in that. And and I don't think that gets affirmed enough or respected enough. That that's huge. Um, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you very much for that. That means a lot to me. Cause that 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 really at the core of it is what it's about. You're you're absolutely right. The more I, I try to inspire someone else to, to take up the, the, the mantle, as it were, it does dilute what I can offer. If there are, instead of just me who has experience with this, but let's say there's a dozen other people, that cuts into my, my quite literally, it cuts into my bottom line. If, if I can uh, consult with a church or a conference, or if I can teach about this or something along those lines, and someone else also has that, it does, it does affect us. Yeah. But you're absolutely right. It's it's not about me. That's why I was willing to go from like literally full time to zero dollar income because it's not about me. It's it's about the mission. And that's what actually matters. I think it's amazing. And and I want to kind of make this connection to something that we were talking about earlier. Why do we do ministry? Is it to to fill our pews? Is it so we can grow our tithe? Is it so that we can even enlarge the Seventh-day Adventist church? I mean, obviously those are all minute, uh, motivations. Yeah. Those aren't even bad motivations, I would say, but at the core of it is so that people could hear the message of Jesus. And there's this thing that I've heard many times and I believe it quite strongly. It's amazing what you can accomplish when you don't care who gets the credit Mm. and the kinds of responses to digital missions that, that are well-meaning, of course, I'm not trying to, to, to judge negatively the motivations of someone who brings up this objection, but when we say things like, how does it affect our bottom line as far as how many people attend our church or how many baptisms do we receive? There's a certain element that is true that that is the wrong motivation as to why you do anything. Hmm. If you don't care who gets the credit, you don't ultimately care if they follow your tribe, your church, or the church down the street, but you care ultimately that they come to know Jesus Christ, then we can open up uh, our, our realms of possibility to doing so much more. And I think that's worth it. I think that people are worth it. I think that it's worth it to put down my own ego and, and to be willing to lay that on the line because people matter. Absolutely. Thank you for that, man. I, I, um, I'm 100% with you. Um, so kind of shifting gears a little bit here. Um, 
who are or what are some other content creators that you know of um, that are putting out positive, Adventist or not, uh, putting out positive content online that you would encourage people to interact with? Yeah. So right now, the, the, the biggest medium that is saturated that I'm familiar with within Adventism in particular is actually podcasting, which is really cool because I'm a massive consumer of podcasts. So mm-hmm. there's this guy named Ryan. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Nah, he's he runs terrible. A, he runs a really cool <laughs> podcast called Absurdity. You know, I'm sure the link will be in the show notes. Um, but that's <laughs> Now it will. Now it will. <laughs> that's a joke for anyone who didn't get it. Ryan, who's the host of this podcast, also hosts another podcast. Yes. And it's quite a good one as well. Um, you run a podcast. Uh, there's several other ones. There's some friends down from down under the Burn the Podcast, uh, Burn the Haystack Podcast. Yeah, Burn the Haystack. Not Burn yep. the Podcast. They do a great job. Uh, Adventist Millennial Emily Weber out of California is doing a great job. There's um, Adventist History Podcast. Help me fill in the blanks. There's there's several. Yeah. I just uh, Aussie Table Talk was one that I, yes. I interviewed with recently. Uh, Disruptive Adventism out in in Michigan. Um, and there are uh, actually one just released today. Awesome. As we're recording, we're recording this November 6 in 2018. And uh, the one is uh, How We Fit In by Hayden Scott. And it's all about highlighting people's stories uh, in, in the Seventh-day Adventist church. So yeah, there's another one. So um, yeah, so, so so the point is podcasting is blowing up, which I'm so excited about. Yeah. Oddly enough, Christian podcast is the fastest growing genre of podcasts right now. I don't know if you knew this. I did. Um, it's sort of inflated because churches also put up their sermon archives as no, podcasting. That's true. Uh, but yes, it is. It in general, it is the fastest growing. You're yeah. absolutely right. So, so podcasting is great. Uh, I would be uh, really terribly. I would feel terribly to not include a, a close friend of mine who's doing something amazing on Instagram. Caleb runs an Instagram platform and a Facebook platform called uh, Humans of Adventism, doing an incredible job as well, telling a real, authentic stories of Adventists. Uh, it's you don't have to be a rocket scientist to type in Google Seventh Day Adventist and to be appalled at what shows up. Caleb is doing a really great job in helping to 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 seize back the microphone when people are talking about Seventh Day Adventists, rather than yes. allowing disgruntled former whatever you know people who are like oh Illuminati exposed kind of people who are just all about conspiracy theories and and just like really aggressively attacking the church. Caleb is doing something incredible in humanizing Seventh-day Adventists and sharing stories that are actually real and that actually matter. So uh, he's definitely someone else that I would strongly encourage people to go check out. Awesome. And thank you for that shout out. I made it a point to never talk about my other other projects. So uh, (laughs) this gave me an excuse to do it. I I appreciate that. And yes, uh, links to all of those podcasts um, and any other Adventist entities that I can think about will be in the episode description. So Listeners, you can just tap over to the episode, the show notes, and you can click on any one of, tap on any one of those that you want and, and engage with them. And uh, Justin, just, um, you've, you've talked a bit, you've, you've touched on Patreon, but uh, how can people engage with that Christian vlogger? How can they, what, what, what do you want from people who are looking to engage with your content? Yeah, well, the first thing that I would be quick to say is that my content might not actually be for everyone. Like, I intentionally am focusing on a younger demographic. Um, and, you know, if you're married and you have kids, it just might not be the actual channel for you. And that's fine. Like, it's not intended to be. So, you know, first disclaimer, you might not actually like my content. And that's totally fine. So find someone that you do enjoy and support them. My whole thing is I want people to support digital missions because at the point that it is now, there is no support system other than you, the listener or the viewer, Mm -hmm. uh, to support digital missions. 
the church is still figuring this out. And there are some promising characters that I've spoken with over the last couple of months who, who are really um, working and trying their best to, to, to make the case to administration that this does matter. So we have some people that are fighting for us. But aside from that, like real, when it comes down to actually paying the bills, when it comes to uh, helping to purchase the equipment that's necessary, like you, we are shooting this this podcast on equipment that probably costs upwards of a thousand dollars. You know, not everyone yeah. gets the ability to do this. You know, and that's just one thing that you have to think about, let alone website hosting and things like that. So there's a lot of costs, right? So yes. what I would hope is that those who are listening, who care about this subject, about digital missions, who are sold out. This podcast of trying to convince you, like that wasn't for you. You're, you're just echoing me or, or, or Ryan right now. You're like, amen, amen, yes, yes, yes. We need more of this. We need more of this. Why doesn't the church do this? Why doesn't the church see the value of it? I want you to realize you are the church and what you invest your money into matters and it can make a difference. And so whether that's supporting my YouTube channel, my Patreon, patreon.com slash Christian Vlogger, link in the, in the show notes. <laughs> no, um, it's going to be there. Um, whether it's supporting mine or supporting one of the channels that you do appreciate and that's totally fine like you don't have to support mine like I believe God will make it all work out go support what Ryan's doing go support what Caleb's doing support what Emily is doing support any of the other creatives who are taking the risk putting themselves out there and trying to be the change that we want to see you can vote with your influence you can vote with your actual dollar and becoming a patron is is not like a huge commitment there's a reason why I call it digital missionaries because the way that missionaries get overseas is they go from church to church to church and they share their story, they share their vision, and they find people who buy into it. And yep. they pledge and they say, you know what, I will support at $100 a month, 50 bucks a month or whatever the case is. Digital missionaries are no different. Maybe they're different in their, in their reach and their scope and the medium in which they use, but it's the same thing. The way that digital missionaries presently are making it work is because people like you say, I want to support. And it doesn't have to be 100 bucks a month. I quite literally have a handful of people who say I can support with $1 a month. Yeah. And emotionally, as far as like a motivation factor, as, as far as from a support uh, a, um, perspective, the $1 patrons matter just as much as the $100 patrons because it's really what it is. It's not the dollar amount. It's simply recognizing that what you're laboring for as a digital missionary is not in vain, that someone out there also gets it because a lot of times you can feel alone. When you talk to people who just leave the conversation scratching their head, I don't get it. Yeah. That a lot of times that can hurt. A lot of times that's really difficult. But when we hear stories like this young woman or, or these atheists I get to interact with or the person who says to me, uh, quite literally, I've had this happen at least a dozen times saying, Justin, I want to thank you for your channel. I'm getting baptized this weekend. And wow. your channel is a, is a large part of it. When we hear those kinds of stories, when we hear people signing up to become a patron, they say, I see it. I, I, I'm not taking it for granted. I don't want to support in the small way that I can. So whether that's my channel, someone else's channel, someone else's podcast or Instagram, whatever it is, I would hope that those listening would actually support digital missions in a meaningful way. Other than just simply saying, I support you from a verbal perspective. What would that look like? Talking to your pastor, talking to your administration, voting with your dollar, sharing the content, somehow support some digital missionary out there. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And something I, I think people don't realize too is by supporting one thing, they could end up supporting more. So all the support that has gone towards my other podcast, Absurdity, has actually is what has resulted or has what has allowed the lead podcast to exist. Mm -hmm. All the equipment I'm using is what I use for Absurdity and what I was able to buy because of support for Absurdity. So absolutely what you are investing in 
um, is, is more than just the one product. You're investing in someone and you're investing in a greater vision. Uh, Justin, thank you for the work you're doing, and and we'll be praying for you as as you continue on in this. Any final thoughts that you want to leave with our listeners? No, I, I'm ju- I'm just grateful. I, I'm I'm grateful that we get to talk about this. Absolutely, uh, I think it I think it matters. Even if at the end of the day you disagree and you say digital missions doesn't matter, just thank you for hearing me out. Thank you for giving me a chance to share my story and to make a difference. And if nothing else. Uh, I wish you the best success, whether you're the listener or you, Ryan, in whatever way that you seek to be the hands and feet of Jesus, whether that's online, in person, at a local church or at a soup kitchen or in your job, I wish you all the best of success in however you seek to be used by God. Awesome. Well, thank you, Justin, for coming on. This has been an awesome conversation. For sure. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to The Lead Podcast. My name is Ryan Becker. I'm one of the co-hosts and producer of this podcast, and we really appreciate your support. If you want to subscribe, then you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, any of your favorite podcatching apps. And if you do subscribe on iTunes, then we just ask that you please leave a review. That really helps us out to know what we can do better and the things that you are already enjoying, the things that we can continue doing. Make sure you do subscribe and leave a review because we're always doing giveaways and that really, uh, that's the way that we do it is we do it for those who have left a review. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback for the show, you can email us, leadsupodcast at gmail.com, or you can find us on Twitter, Roger Hernandez at leadsu, and myself at Ryan180Becker. Thank you guys so much for listening and supporting. Without you, this is not possible. We'll see you next time.